Once upon a time, in a faraway land, there was a story that changed everything. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Story Tales, the podcast all about storytelling in its many forms. Today, I have with me Ryan Hansen. How are you, Ryan? I am great. How are you? I'm doing really well. So, Ryan is a writer and a darn good one, if I do say so myself. Well. He works with the rest of us that you've heard on, on Story Tales at Four Story Creative. I'm thinking we might just need to change the name to like... Four Story Podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Four, four Story Tales or something, because <laughs> it's everyone who works at Four Story is on the podcast. Pretty much. Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong, but you write pretty much everything that our company writes, you write it. If it, yeah, if it's uh, like screenplay formats or things like that, the if it's copy, uh, I usually don't do copy. I, I've done copy, but main stuff I do is 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 actual story process. It's really cool. We are making a show called Topsy Turvy. Yeah, you're the head writer for that. This has kind of sprung on you, but I just had this question. Uh huh. How different is it to write for a kids show versus for if you were writing for like a personal project or like? <laughs> A feature film. It's it's uh 100% different because there's there's that side of me that likes to write the goofy and silly and all that. But when I do my own stuff, it's the complete antithesis of of uh, anything at Four Story. It's very dark and moody and <laughs> more more character driven. Uh, but it's really nice to to have that balance. So you know during during the week I get to be silly and goofy and just way out there and then uh on the weekends i i go to starbucks and just i become the cliche screenwriter i guess yeah <laughs> I just get hey you have to get coffee and spend all day out there yeah that's really cool what you said about you know kind of balancing it out it's a good balance because uh danny was on the last episode and we talked about acting yeah. and we we kind of talked about how like both of us were kind of more proficient in humorous, yeah. But then we both had people in our lives who really pushed us to kind of stretch our more dramatic muscles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I've I've never really thought about writing in that way where you you need to be able to if you want to be a good writer you need to be able to do both. You need to be able to do the goofy, but you also need to be able to do the drama and know when you know maybe there needs to be a mixture of both. Yeah, and, and one of the things, like with, I've, I've gone to a lot of short film festivals and, and been in those and things, and one of the things that everybody seems to do, the drama, and really everybody wants to be just really dark and everything, and really the the films that really kind of impact you at those things are the ones that make you laugh, and and maybe they are dark, and maybe they do have this kind of foreboding, you know, kind of dark nature to it, but it's... They, they throw humor in and, and that kind of kind of opens up the audience so then you can really smack them good at the end with something really really heavy you know they've been laughing and all that and then you just flip the table on them yeah <laughs> and even when like when there's a drama that doesn't have very many jokes uh, Danny and I talked about this too where a lot of times it feels like a joke is more likely to land with the audience in a drama because they're hungry for anything to give them a break, you know? Right. So maybe in a comedy, that joke would be kind of like, eh. But like in a drama, you could just be like, whoops, I hit my head. And they'd be like, whoa. Yeah. You know, they'd, they'd love it. 
And, and it's one of the things I think that I've had a problem with with like DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just try to hit this really. I think after Chris Nolan did the first three Batman's, you know, he, it's like DC is like, yep, that's that's the route we're gonna go. Everything is gonna be just super super dark, which you know works in a sense. But yeah. it's like it's like my friends, you know, we when we would go see it, we're like, geez, can we can we at least laugh? You know, just yeah. This is, this is a comic book movie after all. Yeah, I, and see that tone. That serious tone works for Batman. That's why it worked so well for Christopher Nolan. But right. then they try to apply it to like Superman, and they're completely opposite characters. Like this, this does not work. If you look at the original Superman movie, it you know it wasn't necessarily a comedy, but right. it wasn't dark and dour, and people loved that movie. You know, and, and people still do. I still really like that movie. Well, and even in even in Batman, you can do that. I mean, uh, Tim Burton did it really well in the first two. Yeah, he did have the dark tone, but you know, I mean, l- let's face it. I really like Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Oh that yeah, Catwoman is is pretty funny. Like, <laughs> like if you she's watch great. her today, she's cracking jokes, but yet she's still like a fierce opponent to Batman. Yeah, it, it's dark, but there is still like the funny humor. And there's still some of that camp in there, which I like because, you know, they mm-hmm. were trying to get away from the 60s show and they really did. But I like how they did keep enough camp in there that people wouldn't be like, well, that's this is not Batman at all. You know? Yeah. Something to do with the with the Batman character and the old Christopher Reeve Superman was when they were their superhero self, they were very serious and stoic. But then when they were their alter ego, well, I guess Bruce Wayne, it was Bruce Wayne. But, you know, when they were their non-superhero self, they were funny. And, I mean, Superman was a was a clown, you know, or Clark Kent, you know. Yeah, well, he had to be, right? And that's right. why when people are like, how do people not see through the glasses, you know? Right. And you know, more modern, like, interpretations of Superman he doesn't change anything. He just wears the glasses. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But like in the original Superman, Christopher Reeves and and probably the director too were just genius in the way that they were like, Clark Kent is basically acting when he's at the Daily Planet or around other people. Yeah. So much, he's making himself look like so much of a loser that nobody would even think to compare him and Superman. That, that would never even cross their minds. And that's the that's the genius of that way of portraying it too. Is is that, yeah, it's so like he's such a klutz. It's like th- there's no way this guy you know does anything like that. Yeah. So how long would you say that you've been writing for at this point? Oh man. Uh, as far as just writing, um, it's been probably twenty twenty plus years. Wow, that's the majority of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, I started off writing um, a lot of poetry and and uh, music and. And that's really when I started to uh, get into more of the creative writing, you know, because you're writing in in uh, metaphors and things like that, and trying to tell story in interesting ways. And so that's how I started. And then it was about four or five years ago that I, you know, got hired at Four Story to do the screen screenplay stuff. So wow. So what got you started into writing? Like, when was the first time that you were like, I want to, I want to try this? Well, I started off as an actor and got an agent and did that whole thing. And there was, an, there was a horror film that I was in. So I got invited to the lab screening, and I was really excited. Uh, the director's lab screening, where they just kind of they show you uh, the first cut of the film and things that need to change and all this. And so I went, and they rented out this uh, Texas theater, which is where Oswald got captured. It's, it's still a theater. So we went there. It was really cool and all this. And I watched it, and I, I poured my heart and soul into this project. And 
it was just not it was so bad you know <laughs> and really I, I spent four weeks filming three weeks filming something like that and the majority of time i was crying and you know because of the the character and just i mean just poured my heart into it and i saw the the first cut and i'm just like i remember leaving there so disheartened and just like mm. just thinking to myself i i went home and i um, of course, I wasn't crying, but I was just, there was this sense of being just totally distraught and thinking, you know what, I don't, I don't know if I want to be an actor anymore. You know, I was so just yeah destroyed when I saw it because it was just bad editing, bad everything. And I'm like, I have no control whatsoever. And you know, I, I finally got to the point where I was like, you know what, I, I think I'd rather write, you know, because I can, now things change in the writing process, but. You do have this control. You're creating a world. You're you're getting to be all the characters. You know, if you like acting, well, in writing, you're everybody. Mm. You, you know, because you there's times you know you sit in your room and you start talking as the character. You know, trying to figure out, trying to figure out what what's going to sound good. You know, what would this character say? It's I guess a little pretentious. I guess you know I, I want to be every every character in the film. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, you know, especially being here in Dallas too, it's like. It's it's hard to to find steady work in the acting side of things. At least with writing, you can be proactive and and you can always be writing. And you could you could always like sell your scripts to somebody who doesn't live in your state. So like you're not limited to like just you know I I can really only do stuff around here. You know. Right. Right. That's really cool what you said about being the characters because not every project that you take on you want to be all the at least for me. Not every project that I like sign on for do I want to be all the characters, but most of the time a script that I'm writing, I I would want to be all the characters. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, it's a little micromanagey, but I'm like, no, no, no. They are like this. They would talk like this. This is their mannerisms. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of times actors will come up with something great that you'd never even thought of, and you're like, okay, well, this is why you're here. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 from the script writing down to the editing. The movie can do a 180. You know. Yeah. But, you know, and it's it's funny because I know that you are probably the same as me because you're an actor. When you go to the movies, let, let's just say let's just say Dark Knight, because uh, I'm, th- I'm thinking of Heath Ledger's Joker, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. So I go see that movie, and I'm like, you know, you, as an actor, you, you, you put yourself in these roles of, you know, oh, I, I would want to be this, I would want to be that. Of course, as an actor, you'd want to be Joker, you know? You want to be the big bad guy that everybody's talking about. Yeah. That's one role, one actor out of how many that are trying to get into that movie. You know, it's like I put myself as, oh, I want to be, you know, this lead character. Well, that's likely not going to happen, you know, being here in Dallas and, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. So when it when it comes to the writing things, I'm like, well, you know what? I can I can be the Joker. I can be these creepy characters or, you know, something that I would I would totally never be. Yeah, you can put your interpretation into these characters because you're coming up with them. So yeah. it's basically like you're almost improvising dialogue, but you're just writing it as you go and then tweaking it you know, yeah. here and there. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really cool way to look at it. So what was the very first thing that you ever wrote? Uh, screenplay-wise? or Yeah, let's go with screenplay. Okay. Um, there was a project I wrote called Shiloh Road, and... It, it's <laughs> was Shia LaBeouf in it? <laughs> no, no, I, I don't think he would want to be in it. But it's about a interracial couple in the fifties, and living in a small town. And my family is from a very small town, 
So uh, there's this racial divide, of course, you know, in the 50s that the when all the everything was, of course, everything's going on now, too, I guess, with the racial stuff. But yeah, it was a little more prominent in the 50s, though. Yeah, that's what it was about. And it started out as a horror film. Mm. And they have a little girl and it dies. Uh, she dies and all this. And so I wrote a first draft and it was uh, it was scary. It was fun. I, the the actress that was going to play the lead uh had her read it and she she texted me and she's like you didn't tell me this was scary she goes I, I was sitting in my house all alone and you know freaking <laughs> myself out as I'm reading it and then as it progressed it the horror aspect of it slowly was taken out and it became more of it became an emotional uh, drama and uh, more more character driven wow it's crazy how much a story can change in revisions yeah and and they say like you know Okay, if you have a character, just for fun, let's say it's a guy, you know, he's a trash man or something. It's a white guy. So, okay, take that. Now it's an African-American woman. Okay, mm-hmm. how, how does that change your story? And is that more interesting than who you originally thought? Because if it is, then go with that. Yeah, one one thing that I learned recently, because, you know, I just recently wrote a Star Wars script, mm-hmm. and most of the characters were male. Right. And it's not even because... I think only men should be actors, definitely not, but I'm a man, so naturally when I'm creating a a character, most of the time I just kind of lean towards male because that's what I relate to the most. Yeah, you write what you know. Yeah, and one of my friends read it and they were like, I really like it, there's a lot of men, and I was like, I thought about it and I was like, you're exactly right, and the thing was, a lot of them didn't even have to be men. Right. Most of them didn't have to be men at all, it wasn't essential to the plot. So I just went through and changed half of them to women because I was like, you know what? Like this should this should be a little more diverse as far as that goes. Yeah. It it wasn't going to change the plot at all. In fact, I don't know why they were men in the first place. They didn't have to be. So I was like, okay, I went through and changed them to women. And you know, as a man, this is like really rich of me to say this, but I love the the fact that people are pushing, you know, for you know, women have been in films forever, but I I love the fact that people are pushing for like, you know, more lead women and I like the idea of of having more lead women in a movie that's not a romantic comedy. Yeah, losing losing stereotypes. Yeah, because when you think when I think back of of like most movies where the lead character is a woman, it's like it's most of the time it's a romantic comedy or or at least she has some kind of love interest that's essential to the plot. Yeah, it's it's damsel in distress, or if she is like violent or a hero, she's sex symbol. Yeah, it's Tomb Raider, you know. Which is why I I really liked Wonder Woman. Yeah, because she did have a love interest, but it felt natural, and it didn't feel shoehorned in because she's a woman. Right. And they didn't really focus on that. Like that kind of happened. It's it's even implied that they kind of like have a sex scene. But you don't really see that. They just kind of kiss and it's romantic and then they cut away, you know, yeah. because that's not what the movie's about. They're like, they're in love. They might have had sex, but whatever. Like, we're just going to move on because this is about Wonder Woman and her adventures in World War One, you know. And, and and it's not about the act of sex. It's about the the intimacy. Right. That That's more that overshadow. That's more important than the the, the actual act. Yeah.
So earlier you you mentioned that you sent that horror script to someone and they they got scared and it made me think of this and I want to know if this has happened to you. Have you ever sent a script to someone? It, it can be someone who who knows about script writing or not, but usually it's someone who doesn't really know about script writing. But have you ever sent a script to someone and their feedback was, "Wow, this is like a real script." <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah. <laughs> it is a script." <laughs> yeah, I I usually send it to people that are in the industry, so it's uh, I, I don't really get that a whole lot. But yeah, I send send it to actors or uh, directors and things that that know. Yeah, that know what action lines are and scene headers and. Yeah, that happened to me recently because most of my actors in the Star Wars uh, film I'm making aren't professional because it's a no budget film, so they're just people I know or people from social media who were willing to to be a part of it right and i sent it to one guy and he was like wow this is like a legitimate script and i was like what do you think i was gonna send you a word doc with just <laughs> lines <Yeah. laughs> written on it but it, it's just so funny when people are like oh you, you, i mean you really wrote something i'm like yeah people are expecting a stage play script i think yeah yeah or or at least that it's just sloppy because you know i they don't think of you i think even if they think you're talented they don't think of you as like a professional mm-hmm and so, like, when you send them a professional-looking script, they're like, oh, this is real. Oh, okay, I thought we were just having fun just throwing stuff on a page, you know? <laughs> oh, you're you're a real human being. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if, if you can remember this. You might be able to, but what's the first thing that you saw or read that jumped out at you and you were like, wow, this is really well-written? And it can be anything. It can be a poem, a book, a movie, a stage play, anything. There's a short story by James Joyce called Araby, and I, whenever I was in, I guess I was probably, I was out of high school, I think. I think I was in college, and a buddy of mine, we would just, we loved older, you know, like classic lit and all this, so. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a story by James Joyce called Araby, and it's about this, this kid that is infatuated with this girl and doesn't know how to talk to her and all this much much like my my real life <laughs> and but he says in there he says i didn't know if i would speak to her or not and if i spoke to her how i could tell her of my confused adoration but my body was like a harp and her words and gestures were like fingers upon the wires mm. and i read that and i was like yeah, I want to do this. I like mm -hmm. this. This is cool. <laughs> I mean, it's different with scripts, obviously, but I was like, man, to be able to use words to paint a picture like that is is just, I thought that was just gorgeous, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he, he was really a wordsmith anyway, but. Wow, sounds like it. See, like, y you are way more proficient in, like, in, in writing than I am. I mean, first of all, you've been at it way, way longer, but also... Like, I, I love to write scripts and stuff, mm -hmm. but that's about it. Like, I really don't have any interest in, like, writing a poem or writing a novel. Yeah. You know, not because I don't like those things. I do. But, like, really, and this ties into my answer to my own question, but really what I'm interested in is writing something that I can then either act in myself or or I can make. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because the first time I saw something that I was like, that was really well written was Inception. Mm-hmm. And I watched that movie and, you know, it's not even from a dialogue point. Like most of the time when I feel like when people praise a screenplay, it's it's the dialogue mostly. They're like, wow, yeah. the dialogue was so good. And the dialogue in Inception is, is good. But the thing that is so great about Inception for me is just the structure of the story and 
how clever all the ideas are and how well fleshed out all the characters are and yeah. and when I found out that he spent like six to eight years writing it I like was like yeah I mean that <laughs> makes sense you know like I definitely believe that you know and and you need that time to I mean just watching it you're like okay where are we now yeah yeah it takes about six to eight years to fully understand the movie <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> but that was the first time you know and I already liked Christopher Nolan at this point um, because I had seen The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. But this was the first time that I was like, I want to write something and then make it a movie. Like, yeah. I want to I want to write my own movies because I love that idea of, like, not only did I direct this or not only did I act in this, but I wrote this, you know? So if it's good, you know, and, and it really touches people, it was, fr- it was m- more from me than if I just, like, picked up a project and you know i mm-hmm. i don't have anything against i want to do that too i want to just act in other people's stuff because that's the majority of acting right but i just love the idea of you know there's just something about it something about just this is my story you know i created this and when you see your story that you wrote like impacting people and touching people's lives it cuts you a little bit more deep in the heart you know you're like yeah Wow, like when you perform someone else's work and people like it, that still makes you, makes you feel like, okay, I did a good thing. Like, I I really touched these people's lives. It's very fulfilling. It's not as personal as if you created it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I would say I really like that script. But one script that I since then have discovered that I really really like is uh, Princess Bride. Yeah. Because I just think, and this is this is a lot to do with dialogue too. But just like every line of dialogue out of the characters' mouths are like golden. Like there's no, (laughs) you could quote the whole movie and it would be like really fun. You know, there's no line, there's no line in there that's not funny, clever, or interesting, you know? It's inconceivable. Yeah. Inconceivable. (laughs) I love, I've I've seen that movie probably a hundred times and my family, when we get together for the holidays and stuff, we quote it, you know. Yeah. That one, and I think Nacho Libre, you know, stupid, stupid movies. Yeah. It makes me sad to think about, like, the fact that it didn't really get a lot of love when it first came out, Princess Bride, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people blame it on the marketing because the production company was like, what is this? How do we market this to people? You know, which, to me, I'm like, just market it as... What it is, don't try to fit it into a category. Just be like, it's Princess Bride. It's its own thing. Yeah, literally just play the grandpa at the beginning, describing it. Giants, revenge, true love. Exactly. Like, just have that in a commercial, and people would have been like, I mean, I'm on board. Yeah. You know? It's a great hook. I mean, that's why it's at the beginning of the movie. So you're like, oh, it's not just set in the 80s in this kid's room. <laughs> Rob Reiner is really good at that stuff. He did that movie, and then he also did Spinal Tap. Did you ever see that? I haven't seen it, but I've, I've heard a lot about it. It's a mockumentary. So One of the first, right? One of the first mockumentaries? I, th- I think so, yeah. And it's their ha- a hair band. And, oh, my gosh, of course, be, I'm a musician, so it, mm-hmm. it speaks to me in a a sad way. I think I think Slash, the guitarist for uh, Guns, or used to be a guitarist for Guns N' Roses, he saw that and he said that he, he wept after he saw it because it was too true to the life <laughs> of a rock star. <laughs> How just stupid they are. Yeah, it's just like, oh no. <laughs> yep. This this is exactly what happens. We are idiots. <laughs> but I, I, I do love the line where he's like, you know, we have these amps 
you know, set to they could go up to eleven, so we could be like, turn it up to eleven. Why don't you like, just, why don't you just turn that, turn it to nine, make ten be the loud one. He just sits there. This one goes up to eleven, and that's the same actor who's the six fingered man, isn't it? In the yeah. Princess Bride. Yeah, they did that. I think after. That's so funny because it's like two completely different characters. Oh yeah. He even like talks with a more posh British accent in Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Princess Bride just. I bought the audio book as you wish. Yeah. From from Audible, and I listened to it, and it's Carrie Elwes wrote it, and he narrates most of it, um, but it it does have some some blurbs from like Rob Reiner and some members of the cast and stuff like that, and he talks about the making of Princess Bride from oh, his perspective, cool. and it's just it's just so interesting. Like he and Mandy Patinkin trained for months and months for their sword fight, and you can see it when you watch it, but I feel like. If you don't know that, like you can, it's you know, it's good. But like, when you watch it, you're like, "Wow, this is a good sword fight." But then yeah. when you know how much time and effort they put into it, and then you really look at it, you're like, "Oh yeah, I could never do anything like that." You know, <laughs> you're like, "Wow, that's incredible." Oh, that's such a great movie. Yeah, it's amazing. This is the last question. Okay. What do you think makes writing special as a form of storytelling? I think putting yourself into you're writing, you know, just making it, you know, no matter what you're doing, I think you're always kind of putting yourself into things, whether you, you realize it or not. And like for me writing, you know, I start off, like I said, with poetry and that's, that was because, you know, there's a time in my life where I was real suicidal and, and mm. writing is what writing poetry and things like that. Kind of what helped me get through that. Wow. It was because of those really, really dark days that I just consumed my my all my time was just writing 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 and so as i got older and, and and grew out of that and a lot of prayer and all this then it became something that was okay i can go to those those places and i could i can tell truth you know from those places that it's mm-hmm. something that there's a, a a feature i'm working on right now that's about unforgiveness and it's it's a it's a scary movie but um it's it's really about what happens to you when you can't forgive somebody and and the spiritual battle that that kind of goes along with that hmm. so you know you just kind of got to put yourself into things and not be afraid to be vulnerable you know when you write because and you know this as an actor too it's you have to be vulnerable you know every audition you're putting yourself out there and it can be nerve-wracking you know and that's mm-hmm. the way it is with writing you write then you show somebody and you're like uh <laughs> i hope you hope you like this <laughs> Hope you can follow it, and yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and so you show them, and and you get the sweaty palms because it's it's a part of you, you know. It's it's all this time. It represents your heart in a lot of ways. If it's a passion project, if you're doing a job, then I guess that's different. But you put yourself into it, and rejection is a scary thing because it it feels like you're getting rejected versus okay, we just don't like the stuff here, you know. It, it yeah. becomes very personal, and that's one of the things when you get like notes and stuff on a script of, you know, things that need to change or things that the producer would like to do differently, you got to kind of grow a tough skin and kind of pick your battles. You know, what what do I need to fight for in this story to, to keep it relevant to what it's supposed to be? And yeah. not, not just fight every note that's passed your way, but, you know, just just pick your battles. Yeah. I had to, I had to really teach myself not to keep excusing my decisions. Like yeah. when people were like, 
I think this should be like this instead. I'd be like, well, the reason I did that was. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually I realized it's like, if it's a good note, it's a good note. You don't have to explain why you wrote it like that. Just be like, oh, that's a good note. Thank you. I'll change that, you know. And if you're showing it to a friend or, you know, to somebody that's not in the business, a note is you can take it or leave it. Oh, okay. Okay, thank you. I'm not going to change a thing, you know. Yeah, but you don't have to tell them. You don't have to be like, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, you can just be like, oh, thanks, you know. I appreciate that. Yeah. If, if anything, just, just let it grow you and and take, you know, a suggestion and be like, well, what if I did that? How, how would that change things? Would that actually make it better? Or could I take that advice, put it in here somehow, and change things along the way that make it better, you know? Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes people have given me notes and they weren't even giving it because they thought it would like really affect a character or a narrative. They just thought it would be more appealing. Mm-hmm. But then when they gave it to me, I was like, oh, that works so much better for the character. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. But like they were just like, what if this happened instead? Because the other way is kind of lame. And then when they say it, you're like, oh, my gosh, that would be so cool. Because then this character would think this and then that character would feel like this. Yeah. It's just like this puzzle piece that they didn't even realize they were giving you. Like they yeah. were just like, this looks more pretty. But then you were like, this this fits way better than what I had in there. And then the other side of it is, and of course this is, this goes along with just kind of the social media generation that we live in now where everybody has a voice. And sometimes you'll get notes just because somebody wants to have input. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of notes for things, for projects that... I know all it is is that person just wants the story to have something to do with what they said. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's input for input's sake and not input for story's sake. Yeah, and sometimes I get the feeling that they, this has happened only once or twice, but, and, and I kind of like shoved it off because I was like, maybe this is just me. Mm-hmm. But I would I would get notes from someone that didn't really make any narrative sense. Yeah. And I felt like, are you just giving me these notes because you didn't have notes? And mm-hmm. you were like, well, it can't be a perfect script. Which I'm not claiming my scripts are perfect by any means, but like, don't just make up notes if you don't have any. Yeah, yeah, and and sometimes they're just going to give you a note that is some some scene they see in their head. Yeah. Oh, what what if what if there's a, a car crashing through here, and you're like, uh, bro, it's a, it's a medieval movie. Yeah, yeah. But it's some some scene that they see in their head and it has no no place in it whatsoever. Bro, like, I know they're in the middle of a medieval joust, but what if we played We Will Rock You? Oh, my gosh. It's like, you know what? That's, not, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> that sounds like one of those notes. Bring Slash on out here. Yeah. He's going to do a solo. I love that they play the guitar solo with their trumpets in that yeah. movie. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, rest in peace, Heath Ledger. That's another yeah. good one. But, yeah, I think writing is so important. And I think a lot of studios either don't know that or don't care, you know, because sometimes I feel like they make a movie with a terrible script because they're like, no, 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 that's not what's important. It's what actors in it. It's what score is in there. It's what the visuals look like. But you can make a bad script into a good movie, but it's really, really difficult, you know? Well, and and like I said earlier, a lot of times it's, I mean, you have hundreds of people between script and, and edit or script and 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 what you see at the theater and if you if you you know pull up a pdf on a film and then watch the film and it's different you know uh yeah and so a lot of times it's in the editing room 
that they, you know, my friend, uh, a friend of mine's an editor, and he does a lot of Christian films and stuff like, I can only imagine, stuff like that. And he said that, you know, what was shot and what was in the script wasn't working as they edited the movie. And so they had to completely change it to what you see now and to be able to tell the narrative the best way possible. Hmm. So a lot of times it's it's in the editing room that they completely change stuff, you know? Yeah, I've heard that the story basically gets directed like several times. It's when you write it, when the director directs it, when the actor performs it, and when it's edited. Yep, that's the truth. And it's like, I like that process because then it gets refined, you know? Yeah. If we can find good changes to make, let's make them, you know? Yeah. That's that's what I think. And sometimes things look great in your head, but then when you actually get on set, you're like, oh, that doesn't work, you know? <laughs> you're like, this this is really weird. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've written stuff, and I'm like, this totally makes sense. I love it. And then whenever you're at the table read and you hear the actors doing it, you're like, what was I thinking? What, how could I even think this makes sense at all? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's why I think, like, uh, I, I consider writing, like, the backbone of at least film. I It's hard for me to say. Like, I, I assume the same thing goes for, like, stage plays, that it would be hard to make a good play out of a bad script. But I, I know for film... If you're starting off with a good script, you're starting off with in a good place, you know? Yeah. Well, and stage, stage is, is more the writer's medium because they usually stick to script. Mm. Screenplay is like, it's a guide. Yeah. You know, and, and that's about it. There's been so many times, like if I'm working as a script supervisor or something, and we'll be in the middle of shooting something, and and we're like, you know what, let's just let's just do this instead, instead of what the script says. And we'll do that, and it just, either for time or, you know, for money, for whatever whatever it is, uh, we'll cut corners, and it changes the script, but but it makes sense, and and it's easier. So, yeah. Can't do that. Can't do that on, on stage. No, and, and plays are typically almost completely dialogue-driven, you yeah. know? There, there are visuals, but there are there are plays where like the the set doesn't even change. You know, just right. characters come in and out. Sounds like for stage, and when you think about it, that the script is even more vital. You know. Yeah, it is. Bad script is probably going to be a bad play unless you have a really, really good actor in there or something. Yeah, I think I think writing is a very, very core element of of storytelling. I mean, someone has to come up with the story. Mm -hmm. This is where the story gets made, and then we just decide how exactly are we going to tell other people this story. Yeah. Through film, through theater, are we just going to let them read read the story as it's written? You know, for me, it that's where it starts. And, you know, there are, there are mediums where writing's not involved at all, but it feels like most storytelling mediums start with writing, some kind of writing. You write the story down, you know? Yeah, you have to. So it's a, it's a very vital cog in the storytelling machine. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for talking to me about writing, and I can't wait to talk about more specific aspects of uh, writing as a storytelling medium. Oh, thank you. I, uh, hey, writers like to talk about themselves, so it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, so look out, world. <laughs> That's right. Pretentious city. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Story Tales. We hope you really enjoyed it. Stay tuned for more episodes, and be sure to listen to previous episodes. The first one we talked about film, and then the second one we talked about acting. And uh, all the people you've heard so far are going to come back 
and talk again about their specific topic, um, but with with different facets. Um, so, for example, when Ryan comes back, maybe we would have a whole episode about Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. That actually sounds really fun. Maybe that'll be our next episode. Stay tuned to hear more, and I uh, hope you guys liked it. See, I'm kind. Of, this is kind of becoming a train wreck here at the end, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, hey, I'm just along for the ride. I'm just listening. This is great. <laughs> well, uh, see, 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 you guys. Bye, bye, guys. Thanks for listening. See ya. Thanks for listening to Story Tales. Please subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Storytales Pod, where you can share your story with us. Or you can email us at storytalespodcast at gmail.com. Your story.